Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, Damon Dunn, candidate for mayor, city of Long Beach, as we continue our 22nd anniversary year. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by the Port of Long Beach, a leader in international trade and environmental stewardship. And the Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Scan Health Plan, for your health and independence. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a great show for you tonight. Our guest for the entire show is Damon Dunn, a candidate for mayor, city of Long Beach. Damon, welcome to Straight Talk. Thank you for having me. At another time, we're going to have his opponent, Robert Garcia, for a similar one-half-hour interview. Damon, both you and your opponent are really American excess, success stories. You, you came from... Uh, a difficult uh, uh, childhood and beginning and, and turned it into a great success. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I grew up pretty tough circumstances. My mom had me at 16. My father was killed when I was three. I lost three friends to murder when I was uh, 15 years old. Uh, but I found the value of education, committed myself to it, became a straight-A student, earned a full scholarship to Stanford University, and, and then turned things around. That really is an only in America story, yeah. and, and, and it, it, it's quite moving. So, uh, why are you running? Why are you running for for mayor? And and uh, you've been here about three years now in yeah. Long Beach. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you move to Long Beach to run or not? No, no, I moved here to be closer to my daughter. I have a six-year-old daughter uh, that lives in Playa Vista. I had an office in Irvine, and uh, when she started school. Um, I was going to pick her up at 3.15. It was too far of a commute to drive from Irvine, down in Irvine all the way up to LAX. And so Long Beach was halfway. I had lived here previously when I played in the XFL. We practiced at Veterans Stadium in 2000, 2001. And so it made sense to be closer okay. to her and also still close to my office in, uh, in Irvine. And then you got involved in activities here in town and the, the suggestion was made to you, uh, maybe you should consider running for mayor. Right. I was, uh, I was a, uh, a board of directors member of the Chamber of Commerce, and I was engaged with a group of guys. Uh, I think Jerry Miller was leading the plan, former city manager for an economic development plan, uh, and I was on the steering committee. Uh, and during that process, uh, it was suggested, uh, you know, you should consider running for mayor, and if you would, then I would, I would have support. And uh, it took about six months for me to, you know, meet with him to have discussions. And uh, through the end of that process, I thought that, you know, I could help. I thought that, you know, I would add value to the race. And at a minimum, the debates would be better. And if, if, if the race is better, then Long Beach wins, no matter who wins the ultimate election, whether it's myself or Robert. Uh, I think I feel good about my contribution and, and all the residents in Long Beach. Uh, they win if, if the race well, is Well, it's an impressive accomplishment because you were a virtual unknown at the beginning <laughs> of this thing. And yeah. uh, you started early. You were the first to declare. You walked yeah. a lot. Uh, you did a lot of mailing. You put $450,000 of your own money into the race. Uh, and, uh, and, and you made the runoff, which uh, yeah. most people felt was not likely. Yeah, no, I, I feel tremendously grateful and, and gracious to have the opportunity for the voters to put me into the runoff. Uh, you know, I walked 12,000 doors, and I asked people, what issues do you care about? And I listened, and I think that was the only reason that I had a chance to sit here today and be in the runoff, because I took the time 
to listen. And what, what I learned is that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And hopefully I demonstrated that by walking that many doors. And what issue or issues did these 12,000 people uh, mainly call to your attention? You know, people care about quality of life issues. They care about their sidewalks. They care about their potholes. They care about their safety. You know, if you're in North Long Beach, Central Long Beach, West Side, downtown, you know, there have been some violent crime incidents. Uh, there have been an uptick in property crime, I think, on the east side. And so people have concerns about that. People are concerned, uh, you know, to make sure that we have certain services available, library hours, that we have after-school programs, you know, for kids so they don't get involved in, in gang activities, et cetera. So it ran the spectrum uh, of the whole gamut of what type of issues people cared about. But I think they were most grateful that someone took the time to knock on their door and ask them of their opinion. Yes. And jobs uh, have been a focus yeah. of your campaign. Tell yeah. us a little bit. Uh, you have a five-point jobs plan. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's obvious. Long Beach has higher unemployment than the, the county, of higher unemployment than the state, higher unemployment uh, than the U.S. unemployment. And so, you know, we need quality jobs. We need good jobs. We need middle America, middle income jobs. And so we thought it was important for us to express uh, a jobs plan, how we're going to get Long Beach back to work. And uh, to uh, increase police manning, yeah. and I assume you feel it's too low at the current levels, even though we're at uh, 40-year lows in, in actual crime, still uh, uh, we do have crime. There are, there are gang-related uh, uh, fatalities. And uh, do you have a number of, uh, of how many more police officers you think we need? Yeah, so you know, my job, the police chief is the expert. And where we want to be is say, you know what, if you need additional resources, uh, we as the city council and the mayor will prioritize resources and then you leverage them how you need to. If he says, you know what, we've had four gang-related murders here since the beginning of the year and I'd like to have, you know, increase the number of our gang unit, what are the resources you need to do so? But uh, I don't think the city council uh, or the mayor should dictate the number of police officers that we need, but we should make sure we prioritize resources as they're available to meet the needs that our police chief uh, that he thinks he needs to, to police the city. Mayor Foster campaign when he originally ran on adding 100 police to the then higher level, and he got halfway there, added 50, and then the recession hit, right. and he, he never reached that goal, and it's one of the promises which he's publicly said that he uh, was unable to keep because of economic conditions. Uh, but uh, if we want and decide we need more police officers, uh, the question always is, how do we pay for them? Right. And I suppose the solution you would suggest is a more robust economic development with more tax revenue that creates the revenue to pay for police and other public amenities. Right. We're going to see revenues uptick. I think the Middle Harbor uh, is going to be fully automated, and so we're going to receive more utility tax from that. Ships now are parking at our uh, port and at our, at our port, and they're going to cold iron, so we're going to get utility dollars from that. AES, which is the largest single utility taxpayer in the city, they're going to redevelop there out there at PCH uh, in Studebaker, uh, and we're going to find our second in Studebaker. They're going to pay higher utility tax. We're seeing property values come back now. In 2008, property values went down, lower assessed properties numbers. Now they come back up. That's why we're $7.8 million is what we saw Pat West, uh, the city manager, say that we're $7.8 million of projected from the beginning of the fiscal year. Some of that's upland oil, uh, and some of that is property tax, sales tax, business tax. And so oh, we're doing better than he projected. He, we're doing better than he projected at the beginning of the fiscal year when they set yeah. the budget. And okay. so as revenues come back, 
the city, it'll be incumbent upon the city council and the mayor uh, to prioritize those resources. And there are a lot of priorities. You know, there's public safety, uh, there's infrastructure needs, uh, there are needs to have more library hours. Uh, you know, so we have to work together to understand what are the needs of the people, what are their priorities, and, and then make decisions based upon that. Well said. Okay, we'll be back with more of our show after these messages. Stay with us. At the Port of Long Beach, we're not only delivering jobs, smart ideas, and forward-thinking environmental initiatives. We're also delivering opportunity for all of Southern California. Oh, and a clearer horizon line. To learn more, go to polb.com. The Port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks. Hello, I'm Jessica Hardy, a proud Long Beach native and a member of the USA Swimming national team. Having spent much of my life in water, I've developed a deep appreciation for the valuable role that this precious resource plays in our lives. In recent years, California's water supply has become unreliable. To address this reality, Long Beach residents have dramatically reduced their water use through permanent lifestyle changes. In doing so, Long Beach has made itself a leader in water conservation. As I work hard to achieve my personal goal of qualifying for the 2012 Summer Olympics, I encourage you to continue your tremendous efforts to use water in smart and responsible ways. So join me and your fellow Long Beach residents in strengthening the water conservation movement. By making small but significant changes in our water use habits, together we can ensure that we have a reliable water supply for many generations to come. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. We're back continuing our conversation with Damon Dunn, candidate for mayor of the city of Long Beach. We were talking about jobs and economic development. Damon, uh, uh, a campaign necessarily involves mailers. And I have here 15 mailers that I received to you from you and your campaign in the course of the event. And you had a very aggressive and vigorous uh, mail program as befits uh, your position as an outsider trying to become known to the city of Long Beach, and, and this is some an important way of doing it, also defining uh, issues and job plans and all. But I have one question for you. Yeah. Uh, you spent tens of thousands of dollars on these mailers, yeah. and yet none of them were printed here in Long Beach, and we have uh, very capable printers here in town, yeah. and if you're arguing for economic development of Long Beach, how come you didn't give the business to a local printer? Yeah, we looked at a printer here in town. Uh, I think his name is Larry Rice, and he was printing mail for multiple of the mayoral candidates. And we thought that we have to send stuff in so early uh, that we didn't want there to be any opportunity for other candidates to know what our mail was going to be. So we thought at the time it was a better option for us not to use that printer. And that was the only printer uh, that could do uh, the union bug, uh, that could also have um, you know, all the political printing on time uh, that could do it in Long Beach. That was the only house that we found. 
Just for the record, my information yeah. is that none of the mayoral candidates had their uh, material printed in Long Beach. Oh, printed. So that was mail. So he's the mail house. They do printing in mail house at, at Larry's this shop. This is, a, uh, yeah, Larry is with a printer who is a union shop here in Long Beach. Right. And uh, um, anyway. And you know, I, would, I would also add this, that, um, you know, our consultants found out uh, that there was an independent expenditure uh, that was uh, on our behalf that was using uh, Larry's shop and in order to not seem as if there was any coordination, we didn't want to be in the same shop that they were using. And so I think the chamber was using Larry Rice. And um, when my consultants found out about that, they didn't think it was wise because that could alert the FPPC. And so we thought we needed to go to a different shop to make sure there's clear delineation that we have no, um, you know, there's no collaboration there. Okay. Well, let's turn to the jobs plan. Uh, uh, articulate some of the uh, points uh, of your five-point proposal. Yeah, so I think clearly at the beginning we talk about looking at the industry sectors that we have here in the city, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's healthcare, uh, you know, whether it's uh, technology, and delving into that and working with existing companies to find out what policies, uh, regulatory policies, tax policies are impacting your ability to grow. And once we start getting some ideas in each of those industry sectors, we now want to convene with the city council, take those things under advisement and see if we can make those changes. We want to evaluate what are the opportunities to be able to grow them and look at housing needs that are there. We talk about being business friendly. One thing Long Beach needs to, to move to where we may have procedures uh, and fees uh, inside of our city uh, that may not be conducive to people wanting to open business or continue doing business or grow business here. And so one of the things that I advise is that we need to start collecting data for every person and every business that interacts with City Hall. Uh, we need to find out what is the, where were we bottlenecking? Where did we not do well? And I think after three or four months, uh, maybe six or seven months of collecting data and finding out were our permitting fees too high? Was the process too slow? Did we go through a business licensing situation? Are the condition use permits more expensive than they are uh, regionally? With that good data, we can now mobilize the city manager and city staff to say, you know what, let's make changes here. And that's intelligent uh, and informed uh, you know, change versus just hearing stories through spectacle or hearing anecdotes and just making change based upon that. We need to collect the data, do exit surveys for individuals and businesses, and now we can make informed and intelligent changes. I know part of your program also involves coordinating with educational institutions right. so they are teaching courses that relate to the industries that we want to attract. That's it, that we want to attract and also that are emerging. And so we need to make sure, you know, uh, the, the, the real misnomer here is that only 30% of our kids are leaving high school and getting a bachelor's degree. So we have 70% of our kids that are not. And so there are kind of two components uh, to our education component. Part of it is saying we need more vocational training so that kids can go into somewhere they can have a career. Because if you don't go into a trade, then you go into service or retail, that's not a career. You're going to make minimum wage 10 years from now. And Mayor Forster, to his credit, uh, <laughs> right. created Ace. that Ace Academy. At Jordan High School. Which really works. Which really works. And so I think it works, and I think that we need to continue having more vocational training. But I also think that we need to start, uh, which we are doing, Chris Steinheiser in the school district at LBUSD, they're preparing kids with, through their Pathways program for emerging uh, you know, uh, career opportunities and so healthcare to grow an industry. We need to make sure we're preparing kids to move into that industry. Culinary arts, loss prevention, uh, certain technology in, uh, sectors, manufacturing, smart manufacturing. And the, the mayor uh, sets the tone for where the city is going to move. Speak to the issue of, of leadership uh, uh, and, and uh, why you feel uh, you're best qualified. 
to be mayor. Yeah, and you know, in my experience, there's a 360 degree model of leadership, leading down people that you unilaterally lead, people that you lead laterally, uh, who are your peers. And I think most of the mayoral leadership is, is through consensus and building coalitions. And in my experience in doing that, whether it's working with banks or whether it's uh, working with CEOs of other companies or working with tenants that we did developments for, you lead primarily with the facts. And when you understand the facts, when you understand the data and you can offer solutions, uh, then people want to work with you. They respect you. They understand that uh, you don't have any hidden agenda, that you're moving this based upon where the data says that it should go and what's in the best interest of the city. So that's how I lead. That's how I've been able to build consensus. They trust me because I have no, uh, uh, no hidden agenda. I think I've shown that by committing so much of my own personal resources in this race. I don't owe anyone. I'm my own man standing on my own ideas. Uh, and so I can do this job and, um, and, and, and do it with an, with an honest and open conscience and build coalitions and with people who know, you know what, he's not in this uh, to repay you know, special interests. Fair enough. We'll be continuing this great conversation after these messages. Stay with us. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's, 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Bellflower, Long Beach. Who needs this modern world? I can live just fine out here without the road rage and boy bands. Of course, I might miss my charter HD with football on ESPN and Walking Dead on AMC. ESPN and AMC. And, well, Shark Week on Discovery HD, but that's all. AMC, ESPN, Discovery, TBS, and Comedy Central HD, but that's it. Except for HBO HD. Charter now has over 100 HD channels and more brilliant HD shows on demand than ever. Shows We're back. Continuing our conversation with Damon Dunn, candidate for mayor, city of Long Beach. Uh, financial discipline is an important ingredient in the mix. Uh, uh, what are we going to do to maintain uh, our, our budgetary surplus and to uh, avoid uh, going into the hole again? Yeah, well, we, we effectively don't have a budgetary surplus. Uh, if you look out into fiscal years 2015, 2016, 2017, I think we're showing an $8.5 million deficit. Uh, and effectively, 
Uh, we're going to have contracts to negotiate for IAM, which are our public employees. We have contracts to negotiate with police and fire in 2016, which is you know 67, almost 70 percent of our uh, of our general fund. And we're going to have to you know negotiate contracts that allow us to have a budget that uh, our revenues are in alignment with our expenditures. Uh, and so that's how do we what, do that? It's collective bargaining. It's it's understanding what the numbers are. It's understanding what the projected payments are on, on on the on the wages and benefits, and then it's understanding what the revenues are from our what we're projecting from our general fund, property tax, sales tax, business tax, you know, upland oil, uh, utility tax, et cetera, and then making sure that uh, human resource managers and our city manager are negotiating contracts that are in alignment with those revenues. It's the only as a city we are mandated to have a balanced budget. So. Uh, Getting on the macro picture, I think yeah. it's your view that we grow ourselves out of this straitjacket by right. jobs and economic development, that that is the ultimate solution for uh, being able to uh, uh, pay our city workers more, improve their pensions, and not have a budget deficit. And I think that's where you want to start. I think that we love all of our city employees. We want to make sure that we honor uh, the agreements that we have, that we honor their pensions, we honor the work that they have, that they've uh, that they've done, and growing our economy, making sure that we can have more property tax, sales tax, and business tax is is critical. I've done that. I've worked with cities and delivered 31 projects uh, over the course of my private sector career, and we worked with planning departments, and city councils, and city managers to deliver these projects. And the end result each time was increased property tax, sales tax, and business tax. Let me ask you though, Damon, is that the role of the mayor? to do that or is that the role of the city manager to do that and the mayor just and the city council set policy of course the mayor doesn't even have a vote the council sets policy but but what's your view of of of, of what kind of city manager would you uh, be in favor of hiring under a, a done mayorship yeah we, we want a strong city manager that that honors the charter that manages the city departments uh, that doesn't have much to do with economic development and helping the private sector develop deals. That's managing our city departments and where they're having experience with the de uh, developers uh, and uh, and other small business and large business. They're in, in, they're improving their experience. But the mayor uh, can work on strategic opportunities to make sure that we are working with the private sector so they have the opportunity to grow. The city manager is managing the city departments. Uh, and making sure we run effectively and efficiently. So the the job of bringing in outside businesses to right. relocate to Long Beach and all is not the job of the city manager, in your view, nor strictly the job of the Economic Development Bureau, but you think whoever's mayor has a role to play in doing that? Uh, I think I'm going to play that role. I, every mayor has their own strengths uh, and they have their own weaknesses. One of the strengths that I bring to the table uh, is that I can work with private sector to be able to increase general fund revenues in our city. I think that I can drive every single road and figure out what the developable opportunities are. I think that I can work on the 55 acres adjacent to the Queen Mary and figure out how can we develop this parcel with you know, Garrison, who's the hedge fund in New York, uh, to make sure we can do a deal here that will increase our property tax, sales tax, and business tax. Those are the kind of things that I want to bring uh, with me as mayor to the city of Long Beach. You said every mayor has their strengths and weaknesses. What would yeah. be one of your weaknesses? That's a good question. One um, of my weaknesses? I'll, I'll have to get back with you on that. <laughs> Doing a campaign, you focus so much on your strengths. And um, but I, um, I I'm sure that I have weaknesses, but haven't uh, discovered them yet. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see about that. Okay. Um, let's spend a moment just getting up close and personal because you have such an extraordinary uh, personal biography. Uh, 
uh, how were you able to, to move from where you started to where you wound up? What was it that, uh, that gave you the, uh, the insight or the energy to uh, do what you've done? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there are a lot of things that along the way, there were different emphasis. You know, my education was critically important, discipline, hard work, you know, not getting involved in things I shouldn't get involved in, maximizing every opportunity, showing up early, staying late. There are a lot of those things. I think earlier in my life, my faith played a dramatic role. Uh, you know, you're talking about a kid who didn't have a father growing up and who mom, my mom had left me. And so I'm growing up without a mom or a dad with my grandparents in an environment where, um, you know, it's pretty tough going. And so church was a place where, uh, where I received encouraging messages, where the pastor took me under his wing, almost provided me mentorship. And I was able to find out, you know what, my current disposition doesn't have to determine my ultimate destination. So there was this optimism that was born in me, and there was a, um, a yes, I can, you know, kind of spirit. And you told me in the green room before we went on air that uh, some of your associates there who were gang members, they took great pride in your success and wanted you to succeed and even provided some sneakers and, and, and clothing items that, that uh, were hard to come by to encourage your success. Yeah, I grew up in a rough neighborhood and I think there, obviously there were a lot of, a lot of people who were doing things that were, uh, that were not appropriate, but they saw you know, something in me, right? He was making a, he was a straight A student. Uh, Damon Dunn was, um, he was a, a good football player. And those guys, everyone in the community started to, to believe that, you know what, you can make it out of here. And so people, you know, they wanted to help. They bought me tennis shoes to play in, uh, in football games. Um, you know, when my mom was having to work at nights because she was a teacher during the day and work concession stands at nights making $4.25 an hour, people would bring food over, you know, to make sure that my, myself and my sister that we could eat. And so it was a community that, um, you know, that really stuck together. And the, I, I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at if there wasn't a village that was helping me along the so way. So you agree with Hillary, it takes a village. It does take a village. Okay, we'll be back with the rest of our show after these messages. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Bill is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch and the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Bill Trainees. I want to improve my career opportunities. I want to earn a higher salary at my job. I'd like to finish what I started. The new Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Arts degree completion program at Cal State Long Beach will help you achieve your educational goals while keeping your life in balance. Contact our Customer Service Center at 1-800-963-2250 for more information or visit us on the web. Let CSULB help you finish what you started. those who are closest to you from our family to yours McCarty's jewelry since 1932 for renaissance leisure fair for a joust and the turkey leg fun for the whole family there's food performances of all kinds 
Food! Hundreds of shops offering unique handmade works of art. A collection of games. Food! Play Renquest and live your own legend. We like turkey. Come, join in the fun. Renaissance Pleasure Fair. The Renaissance Pleasure Fair, where fantasy rules. R-E-N-F-A-I-R dot com. We're back. Damon, why do you think people should vote for you rather than your opponent for mayor? I think that I have the business acumen uh, to add value uh, on every challenge uh, and every opportunity that we face as a city and help develop solutions to move us forward. Well, thank you for participating in the electoral process and making democracy work, and thank you for joining us here on Straight Talk. Thank you, and thank you for having me. You bet. Okay, thank you at home for joining us again. Uh, Robert Garcia, Damon's opponent, will be a guest on a upcoming Straight Talk show. Thank you, and good night. Straight Talk has been brought to you by the Port of Long Beach, the Press-Telegram, and Scan Health Plan. And remember... Straight Talk is viewable 24-7 at straighttalktv.com. The most difficult thing about becoming a Long Beach Police Explorer? The first week. <laughs> for a young age, it's a great opportunity. If it wasn't for this program, God knows where I'd be. So many doors open for you. All the training that you receive. Before I started this program, I didn't have a sense of confidence. It really gave me that sense of direction. It gave me the right mentors, the right people I needed. It's the best choice I've made. This program is what really taught me what life is about and really prepared me to live another day and feel proud to serve my community.